Within each of us is a dreamer just waiting to be awakened. <laughs> We've got Welcome back to Disney Marvels for week of March 29th, 2020. This is episode 77. Disney Marvels, the show about Disney, Marvel, Lucasfilms, Muppet, Pixar, Fox, the Parks, and much, much more. If it has to do with Disney, it's fair game. I'm your host, Matthew Graken. We'll be back in just a few moments. And now, on with the show. One way I think that we all keep ourselves mentally balanced, and this is any time that we, we face adversity in life, is holding on to memories and reliving pleasant times in our lives. And one of the ways I want to do that this week, I invited the beautiful ladies of Chat Disney, Mercedes and Tosh, to tell us about their more recent trip to Disneyland Paris. And uh, time being, um, I have some other additional questions for Tosh, who had a more grander adventure um, nearly after that. But ladies, how are you doing? We're fine. We're, um, yeah, we're, I mean, it's, it's nice to kind of reach out to people and relive these Disney trips at the moment, what with everything going on. But um, yeah, we're keeping our spirits up and, and carrying on. So yeah, we're all good. Absolutely. I think the most exercise that I do is probably walking around Disney parks. I'm definitely an inside person. So being stuck at home, there are definitely worse places for me to be. Well, true. Um, it, I just so everyone, in case they're wondering, we are practicing very safe social distancing here. I, there's at least 20 miles between me and you ladies and uh, at least half a block between the two of you, right? Absolutely. Okay. We're just being safe, being safe. Um, so, yes, you were, let's see, you went to Paris, was this February, I think it was, or January? January. Um, and so I know this was not your first time there, um, but you were going with a bunch of ladies. It was a, it was basically a nice girls trip, wasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. So Tash and I haven't been to Disneyland Paris together for gosh, when was it Tash? Like 2008? It was 2008. Yeah. So over 10 years ago. Yeah. So this was like a very big deal for us. Paris is obviously the park that is the closest to England. So it's our kind of local park, if you will, although it is still abroad for us. And Tash hadn't been to Paris at all since 2008. So it was really exciting to go with her and see what she made of the new updates and new attractions and things. But yeah, just being able to relive that with girlfriends, as you said, um, it was a really, really fun trip. Oh, excellent. And let me just Put a little footnote in here since I am recording at home and everyone is locked in the house. At some point, at any given point, two little ones may come bashing through my office door and start <laughs> talking to me. So if you hear two tiny voices coming across the mo microphones, it's not Chip and Dale. It is my voice. Uh, <laughs> and uh, but we'll work on that. Or we'll work around that. Um, yeah. So. Whose idea was this to, to do this grand girls, uh, girls trip? 
Um, I think it was Mercedes' idea. Um, I think if I remember rightly, she, you saw a very good deal on the Magic Breaks website. Um, is that right? Is that how it happened? Yeah, pretty much. I kind of, um, I've got lots of different friends that are into Disney and things like that. And it'd been such a long time since Tash and I had been. So I was desperate to go with her. And then I just kind of put the feelers out to see who else would be interested. And it ended up being a bit of a strange mixture of people, people that didn't necessarily all know one another. They're all my friends, but they weren't all friends themselves. But I think by the end of the trip, we really, really created a lovely bond. And um, yeah, we're looking forward to more trips in the future. Oh, awesome. How many, so how many in total and how did this whole planning, I mean, that's gotta be kind of a, take a work of a genius to be able to get that many people working together. Um, I don't think it was too bad actually. So there was four of us, um, including Mercedes and myself. Um, and I think because we're all generally very easygoing, relaxed people, um, I mean, Mercedes kind of took the reins on organizing it because she knows us all individually. I think I'd met the other two girls that we went with a couple of times before at Mercedes' previous birthday parties and things like that, but didn't really know them. So but the bulk of the planning, I would say, was definitely down to Mercedes. Um, and then we all kind of, we created a WhatsApp group to kind of plan things like our dining um, and sort of what we wanted to do while we were there. Absolutely. And I think also like because of the fact that we traveled in January, it was off peak. So we didn't actually have that many decisions to make because lots of things were unfortunately closed during the duration of our trip. So yeah, like Tash mentioned dining reservations, especially when you take into consideration Tash is a vegetarian, there were maybe like six restaurants to choose from. Ooh. And uh, well, we'll state because of the world that we live in, they were closed just because it was off season, not for any other reason. Yeah, just because it's low season. Like I, I'm sure they do this in other Disney parks as well. But for some reason in Paris, you really notice when it's low season, like there's lots of closures and things. Yeah, Disney World will do that with um, the water parks and different restaurants. He'll close them or any even rides close them uh, during refurbishments. This time of the year, it wouldn't be unusual to see a water park. Um, they alternate which water park is closed for extended period of time. And I said restaurants and whatnot, they'll close them during the quote-unquote slower seasons, which is getting less and less at Walt Disney World. Um, so yeah, that's not, uh, that's not unusual. And Disneyland used to be closed on Mondays for the same reason. Wow, I did not know that. So did you get to experience anything new during this trip i did um as mercedes said i my previous trip was in 2008 so there had been a lot of updates since i last went um when i last went um studios was kind of in a bit of a disarray it was kind of in its real low point so now obviously they've got the ratatouille ride and um, which i'd never experienced before so I think out of everything there, that was kind of what I was most excited for. Um, and rightfully so, that ride is amazing. Um, and also in terms of dining, I don't think I've ever done, I can't, I can't remember if Mercedes and I did one when I went with her and her family in 2008, but um, I've, I've never really kind of embraced the whole Disney dining thing. So the fact that we got to eat in places like Captain Jack's and stuff, that was all quite a new experience for me. 
Yeah, I think in 2008, we mostly dined in the village. So we would have definitely done Cafe Mickey because my family loved the character dining. So that's like a pasta pizza kind of place. And you dine with Mickey, Minnie, Pluto, like the main gang. We probably would have gone to Rainforest Cafe as well because my family, again, like love Rainforest and mm. possibly Annette's Diner as well, which is a really cool 1950s inspired diner where the waitresses are on roller skates. Sounds like the 50s primetime cafe here, but well, yes. or the um, sci-fi. Sci-fi, yeah. Yes, even more so. Um, Disney, food always seems to taste better when it comes from Disney. I don't know why, maybe because it's more expensive, maybe because they just pay more attention to details, but I always enjoy food more when it comes from Disney, and especially if it's Mickey-shaped. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more with you there. <laughs> Ooh, one second, one of those little voices has shown up. <laughs> okay. Um, so the, uh, which resort did you end up staying at? So we stayed at Disney Sequoia Lodge Resort and it's really interesting at Disneyland Paris. They have each of the different resort hotels and each of them are essentially themed after a different period or location in American history. So you have your kind of um, Hotel New York, which is obviously named for the Hotel New York. Newport Bay is very kind of New England, very nautical. And then the Sequoia Lodge, the name kind of gives it away. It's named for the Sequoia trees in California. So it feels like a wilderness lodge. It's very similar to the Walt Disney Wilderness Resort. Um, oh, and yeah, it's gorgeous. Like it, we felt like it was Christmas again, didn't we, Tash, when we walked in and there was the roaring fire and the amazing pine trees. Yeah, it was it was beautiful. It was really lovely, actually. You kind of felt when you were there that you were on some kind of retreat somewhere. It didn't really feel like being at Disney. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, I always, I particularly love staying um, at Disney resorts because the resorts, in some ways, are their own escape and getaway. Um, particularly the the well the the higher end ones, um, the more themed ones like the the Wilderness Lodge or Sequoia in this case. Animal Kingdom Lodge, uh, Polynesian, they all just kind of take you out of wherever you are. And you, you could just enjoy the, the resort in itself. You, you know, the parks is a definitely. bonus at that point. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I remember last time when we talked, you saying, and you brought up food, how bad the food is in Paris. Was that the case this time around? I mean, I'd say so, but I'm quite a negative person. What would you say, Tash? I'd say some and some. I mean, I kind of went in, obviously, as you say, Disneyland Paris is infamous for its bad food. Um, I think the first day that we were there, um, we've already ranted and raved about this on our podcast and we talked about our Paris trip. We went to the um, Akuna Matata Cafe um, because it was literally the only thing that was open. There was nothing else open at that time. And we ordered salads, which you kind of think, how can you really go wrong with a salad? Definitely the worst salad I've ever eaten in my life. It was just, quality was awful. Um, I would say apart from that, the food wasn't terrible. I would say with a lot of the snacks. So we were there during the frozen celebration. So they had a lot of cookies and cupcakes and things like that with a frozen theme. And just generally mm. the presentation 
wasn't great. It didn't look like Disney standard. Um, but then on the other hand, we went to the Ratatouille restaurant um, in studios and that was amazing. The food there was absolutely incredible. So it was kind of either amazing or terrible. I completely agree. Yeah, there was no middle ground. And I would say it was probably 80% bad quality, but you kind of didn't mind because you're at a cool restaurant like Captain Jack's, for example, you're inside Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh. Or it was, yeah, 20% decent food. Ooh. All right. So there, there's a, there's been a hint of improvement, I guess, then. Mm, no, no, like they're not. Trying more, but like, it's just not hitting for some reason still coming up short yes how do you get a salad wrong come on paris it was so bad so bad (laughs) honestly it was awful i don't even get a salad that wrong i could barely cook a pizza and i could get a salad right come on (laughs) oh dear oh disappointed disappointed Um, all right. Since we're we're just talking about food, I know, I think Mercedes, you had a, um, incident at Chef Mickey's. Could you please tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I love the story. Yeah. Paris's answer to, um, the contemporary Chef Mickey is a little restaurant called Cafe Mickey in the village. And we weren't even dying, dining there. We were literally just walking past one evening. It was really quiet. We'd had our dinner at Bapiano's, um, which is an Italian bistro. It's actually gone out of business due to COVID-19, which is really, really sad. Um, I think it was the best food in the village, but there we are. Um, So we're just coming back. It'd been quite late. It was dark. It was quiet. And we were walking past Cafe Mickey. There was barely anybody in the restaurant. And the tomfoolery that was taking place in this restaurant. I mean, Eel was trying to get himself into a high chair. Goofy was then copying him and managed to get his legs stuck in the high chair, but continued to walk around the restaurant with the high chair on his leg. Um, Then there was a pileup, including a cast member, a waiter, Goofy, Eel, and some other characters. They were genuinely performing just for us, and we weren't even inside the restaurant. All of the couples inside the restaurant were just kind of blissfully ignoring all of this and enjoying their food and we were getting this fantastic display um we've got some fantastic videos of this incident i don't think we've actually shared any of them to social media so we probably need to do that at some point um but yeah that's essentially what happened tash have you got anything to add that i may have missed i think you pretty much covered it all it was absolutely hilarious and i think the best thing was that they were as you say they were completely playing up for us no one in the restaurant was even banging an eyelid to what was going on um, yeah, it was definitely by far one of the funniest Disney experiences I've had. How can you be that involved in your bad food and not notice the, the best entertainment <laughs> going on? I know. I, we, um, when we went to Disney World in January, uh, July last year, we went to, what was the name of it? Um, Mombasa's is it? it? It's in the Animal Kingdom, and I can't believe my mind is going blank on it. But it's Donald Duck's uh, dining. Oh, like, and he wears like the safari yeah. outfit. Yes, yes. And we were one of the last uh, rotations of tables, so my family was there for the most part by ourselves. There's only a few people left, so the characters did a couple rotations around with us, 
And by the second or third time, they were just hamming it up with my kids. And it was fantastic. Um, and, and most of the time with uh, the Disney dining, there's a parade or you know, a march that the characters do and they get the kids going up around. Goofy particularly left wherever he was, found my kids and took them both by his, their hands and marched them around the entire restaurant. He specifically found my kids. And then afterwards, I was able to get a picture. Uh, my wife was doing something else. She didn't get in the picture, unfortunately. But it's me, my three kids, and all the characters at the same time. And it's just when Amazing. characters go off script and just have fun, you just can't beat it. That's really the Disney dif- difference right there is, you know, you know these characters and then you're just seeing them having fun it just you can't help but getting you know attached to that fun absolutely and we had another really cool moment when we were dining in the disneyland hotel so they have a character dining there at the inventions restaurant and on a sunday it's a special sunday brunch and each week it's a different theme and you don't know what theme you're going to get and we were very lucky we got a royal court theme so we had minnie and mickey in their regal outfits goofy was dressed as a court gesture chip and dale were there and we also had rapunzel and flim rider as well so it was really really special and it was getting quiet i mean there weren't that many people there anyway I think because it was low season and the inventions brunch is typically quite expensive and it was a very very quiet restaurant and myself and and one of the girls that we were on the trip with both danced our whole childhood and we decided to do some tap dancing with Goofy and Mickey and we've got some really awesome videos of that it was very very funny indeed oh that's hysterical that's hysterical You know, one time my wife and I, this is going years back before kids, we were at Disney World and um, it was at another uh, character dining with Chip and Dale. It's it's not even there anymore, I don't think. And uh, the the Chip and Dale that were on stage at that point were just above and beyond fantastic. And And we told the supervisor, obviously the word got around to the characters and they came out and just hammed it up even more for our table. Um, causing even more mayhem, uh, stealing food, sitting down and trying to eat with us. Um, it just, like I said, it really adds that extra level of specialness. Absolutely. That... Absolutely. Yeah. I think the more, the more you give back to them as well, the, definitely the more you get out of it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And it, it just, it really, those are the memories that you hold on to and just makes it, you know, you always think back and they always put a smile on your face. Or if you're lucky to catch it on video, you know, you, you just always love rewatching those moments. Definitely. So on this trip, were you able to cross off anything from your Disneyland Paris bucket list? Uh, awesome. I thought you might ask us that. <laughs> yeah, there are a few different things. I think a particular highlight for me was that we rode Big Thunder Mountain in the dark, which is something that I absolutely love to do. Big Thunder Mountain in Disneyland Paris is positioned in the middle of a lake. So when you board the attraction, the first thing it does is it goes under a long tunnel, which takes you under the lake and into the central island where the fun really starts to happen. So when you're on that attraction in the dark you're kind of going around this central island and you get a full 360 view of the rest of the Disneyland Paris park and it's beautifully lit up and that that was a real highlight for me well I I can imagine because I mean that castle alone just in the daylight is beautiful um 
can't yeah. imagine what that, that park looks like at night. Really stunning. Yeah, it's stunning. I, I do think that is the most beautiful castle out of them all. And Tash, how about you? Anything in particular you're able to check off? Um, I think, as Mercedes mentioned, the Inventions branch was a big one for the both of us um, because you see it so much on social media or within sort of the online Disneyland Paris community over here. So I think that was a big one for us. And we kind of spent weeks and weeks, you know, deliberating over what we thought our theme was going to be and um, sort of the Royal Court theme. It was a good one. It, it was good. I, I would have liked some more face characters, some more princes and princesses, I think. But as the experience went, it was amazing. I feel like I couldn't go to Paris now and not do that Sunday brunch. Well, you better start saving now, Tash. Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously that probably does not come on this, the, the smaller end. No, the, the so we, we were on a Disney dining package, so um, we could use credits towards it, but we had to top it up, so we had to pay a little bit extra. Okay, well, not so bad then. So, you know, better than paying uh, full on. Yeah, definitely. I think it's fine because we have the luxury of traveling as a group of adults. But if you were, you know, a family going, then that like, yeah, it's crazy money. Okay. And then uh, let me hit you girls with the lightning round. Um, some of this may be kind of reiteration, but I just want to, you know, confirm on what my suspicions are with these questions. Uh, before we hit Trish, Tash with her um, her milestone moment. So, lightning round. Favorite memory from this trip? It has to be that Cafe Mickey experience, watching the characters all fall around inside. I agree. Yeah, I completely agree. Favorite picture from the trip? Ooh. I for me, it's we were quite lucky on um, one of the nights, so we managed to get some good shots in front of the castle as the park was clearing out. Um, and we got a couple of girls to take our photos and, and we were lucky. They knew what they were doing. So they were getting all the angles. So um, we were all in our spirit jerseys that day as well. So we got some nice photos of us in front of the castle when it was all lit up at night. Yeah, they're really cool photos. Really cool. I think for me as well, um, we got to see Phantom Mickey, which was a massive highlight and something that I didn't think we were going to be able to do. So the Phantom Manor attraction has recently been refurbished and they've even, you know, it was already very different to Haunted Mansion, but now they've really elevated that Melanie Ravenswood story to really make it stand on its own two feet. The portraits in the stretching room are completely different now and you get a lot more of that bride character throughout the attraction. And to celebrate that, there was a meet and greet with Mickey in his Phantom Manor outfit, which I'd never seen before. And we've got some really great shots of us with him wearing that too. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah, I saw some of those on your social network and they they, they came out really well. It's uh, quite yeah. jealous. I've never seen a Mickey like that. No, I'd never. That was that was definitely like we, we said to him, didn't we, Tash? We were like, Mickey, you are looking very dapper today. <laughs> we did. It was quite funny because we were just about to go on Phantom Manor and then we clocked him standing there and like four adult women literally squealing and running from the queue to get to Mickey. <laughs> it was quite a sight. Um, I, I would be the same way other than being the woman because I've done that with characters, especially if I see Daisy Duck, I always... Uh, get excited and seeing her because yeah. um, at least before you never really saw daisy anywhere no i never see i had, i don't have a photo of myself with daisy me neither so yeah i, w I was past couple of times i've um seen her at a couple of dining character dinings 
and uh always like i said get excited it's like, oh it's daisy duck mm. people just look at this strange middle-aged man screaming and getting all excited for characters <laughs> and then i wonder what's wrong with them <laughs> exactly so your favorite souvenir from this trip Oh, um, probably my Disneyland Paris spirit jersey. Um, I know spirit jerseys are really huge at the moment across um, the American parks in Paris. Um, and I don't own one. So it was sort of the, the must buy on my list. So I got kind of the traditional black with the white writing um, on the back. I'm actually wearing it right now. Um, so yeah, for me, that was my, my favorite piece of merchandise. I'm also wearing a spirit jersey right now, but mine's the millennial pink Disneyland resort one. So there we go. Great minds. Um, I think my favorite souvenir was um, one of the girls very sweetly purchased me the bride and groom Mickey and Minnie pens, which obviously I recently got engaged. So that was a very nice touch. And I am considering if grumpy will let me using them for the guest book at our wedding. Wait, whether it's your wedding. I know, right? It's my wedding. I know. I don't know why he thinks it's his wedding. Gosh. He's lucky he's there. <laughs> yeah. Well, he might just be invited to the reception. I haven't, you know, got down to the finer details yet. Oh, you you see if there's room, um, you know, you, you know, where he falls in the pecking order of the, uh, uh, of the guest list. Exactly that. All right. Now, we've got a few minutes left. Uh, you're right on time, Tash. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. All right, brilliant. So you just accomplished something that I am I am very jealous of. Um, yes. Yeah, going to every single Disney park around the world, um, finishing up up at the largest. Uh, I will leave it at that. The largest of them all, Walt Disney World. Yeah. So um, this has obviously been something that has been on my my bucket list. Um, for years it's been a dream of mine and I lived in Shanghai for three years so I was lucky enough to tick off all the Asian parks then obviously Shanghai, Hong Kong and Tokyo um, and Florida yeah I, I know it's you know for some people even you know people in the UK it's the only park that they've been to um, and so people would always say to me like I can't believe you haven't been to Florida and I couldn't believe I haven't been to Florida as well um, and then an opportunity came up um, for us to go in February and I'm very very grateful um, and very lucky that we got to go and I got to tick it off my list. So I'm, I'm very happy for you I think I said extremely jealous but uh, so what were your expectations going there? Um, so I did a lot of research before going um, and my I think for me a lot of people always kind of hold Florida or well, Walt Disney World in kind of on a bit of a pedestal in comparison to some of the other parks. So I guess for me, I was just really intrigued to see how it would compare, um, obviously being the biggest park. So I would say I definitely had very high expectations um, on it being the best park. Um, also things like the food um, I've heard has been incredible over there. It's been quite a while since my last trip to California um, and the food doesn't really, I can't really remember too much about the quality of the food when I was there. Um, so yeah, that was kind of food and just general, you know, the greatness of the resort in general. Awesome. All right. And um Mercedes, were you coaching Tash along? Because I know you've been there before. 
Yeah, I mean, I was trying to brainwash her with this whole Walt Disney World's the best. You haven't lived till you've been to Walt Disney World. And I don't know if it's going to slide with Tash. She kind of can't really pick between California and Walt Disney World. But I think what I would say, whether you are, you know, a fan of the OG park or if you like the, the larger of the two American parks, there's no argument, I think. Um, and Tash and I are in agreement that the American parks are definitely better than the Asian and also Disneyland Paris parks. There's just something about Florida and California. It's the authenticity of it. Obviously, we've spoken about food a lot. I think guest service, customer experience, that sort of stuff is better in those parks. The quality of the entertainment is generally a lot better in those parks as well. So, you know, a lot of British people, um, as Tash said, a lot of them have been to Florida, but I think even more of them have been to Paris and you have to be quite careful what you say because um, you can sort of tread on toes and things if people you know have only been to Paris and obviously there may be a a lot of reasons why um, money is normally the big one Um, and I think people in the UK can get quite defensive when people say oh you know the American ones are much better but in our opinion they really are. Well and everyone's allowed to their opinion some (laughs) are more right than others. Exactly. I mean, I guess you could look at it this way. The American parks at least were touched by Walt. Both of them, Walt was involved to one extent to another in creation and implementing and just the thought process of them. Um, I don't know if that has something to do with them. I mean, at least in America, we could do something right. But... uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And I think actually having watched the Imagineering series on Disney Plus as well, there's something about the way they talk about Disneyland Paris and the relationship that it has to the company and Eisner's vision and this kind of stuff that makes you feel like, sure, Eisner wanted it to be the most beautiful park. And I do believe they've achieved that. That castle, as Tash mentioned earlier, is the most beautiful of them all, arguably. But the way they talk about it and the way they talk about Shanghai and and Hong Kong, not so much Tokyo, it makes it feel like it was just profit for profit's sake and expanding around the world just to get the presence of the Disney company and the corporation bigger. And it doesn't feel like the heart was in the right place when they were creating those parks from that series. So again, I don't know if that has a little bit to do with it. Well, from my understanding, um, Jim Hill tells a, a good tale the misfortunes of Euro Disneyland and the um, Disneyland Paris. It actually is supposed to, they wanted it in Spain. Yes. Yes. And uh, that, that was, you know, the Imagineers had this nice, beautiful land in this because the weather's better in Spain and just, figure, okay, this is going to work so much better. And um, Isaac's like, Nope, you want Paris because of, you know, the ambiance of Paris, but weather-wise and anyway we're not getting into that um so tosh when you landed in orlando and you landed in orlando international airport i'm assuming yes i did what was your impressions from that point um from that i was just probably the most excited that i've ever been in my whole life um i've never actually been on a flight where everyone is going to the exact same place like everyone on the flight you know they're going to Orlando because they're going to Disney um it was definitely the busiest flight I've ever been on it was also probably the loudest flight I've ever been on because there were so many kids um 
but yeah just something about the atmosphere like everyone was so excited and happy to be on that plane and um, so it kind of hit you straight away um we didn't actually stay on site we stayed off site about 10 minutes away so we were still in the lake Buena vista area um so we went straight to our hotel and there were still some touches of disney there they had big um posters and stands of galaxy's edge up because obviously that had recently opened um our key key cards to get into our room they were star wars as well so even though we weren't on site there were some nice little touches um kind of around to kind of yeah get you in the mood Nice, nice. See, I, 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 I'm not going to knock you. This was your first time. You, you stayed off-site. I'm, I'm, you know, we won't hold that against you. But where did you stay? So we stayed at the Hawthorne Suites by Wyndham. Um, it was a very nice hotel, nice big rooms, um, like a free buffet breakfast every day, had a pool. Um, I think in reflection, next time I would stay on-site. Um, for various different reasons we didn't do that this time um, because we did have limited time we weren't going originally we were meant to just be going to new york because my father-in-law lives over there so we actually added florida on to kind of the beginning of that trip um, it's not like we went over to america just to go to florida it was kind of an add-on um, but for that reason we managed to get a very good deal with the hotel as well so that's kind of why we chose to stay off site it just worked out much better for us financially because we were only going for a week um, but in reflection i think both me and surprisingly my husband have both agreed that next time we would definitely stay on site yay <laughs> well just to kind of throw a little uh, curve on that, would you stay at that hotel again at the Hawthorne? Um, I would stay there again. Um, yeah, I would. I, if I was going to stay off-site again, I would definitely go back to that one. Um, but yeah, I, I think next time we will stay on-site. Fingers well, crossed. I don't know when next time will be, but hey. <laughs> it, it, it really adds something where you, I mean, you're literally staying in the magic and it's something my wife and I have always try to do um, is stay um stay in a resort and we we try and make switch it up in different resorts each time um being vegetarian what was your take on the food and um, much better than paris which i had kind of expected that's not saying um, much no exactly um still kind of limited in some places and, and not great um for choice but i think it's kind of getting a little bit better than say it would have been a few years ago um, even some vegan options and things on the menus now as well so it wasn't that there was no choice at all everywhere kind of had something but it was very limited you know it was either tofu or falafel and that was kind of it or just like a tomato based pasta so not a huge amount of variety mm. um, I think the best vegetarian dish that I had was um, at Yakineti in Animal Kingdom and it was the vegetable tikka masala. That was unreal. Um, and apart from that, there was a lot of mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, they, they're trying to expand on it. I, I don't think that they're, I don't think they're as far along as they would hope they were or like to no, think no, they are. Yeah, I would, I would definitely agree with that. But I think they're going in the right direction. So let's just continue it sort of onwards and upwards for here. Yeah, you know, keep, keep going forward with the effort. Um, were you able to do all four parks? Yes, we did. So um, we did all, yeah, we did um, all four parks. Um, Typhoon Lagoon was closed while we were there in terms of water parks. Um, and we didn't end up making it to Blizzard Beach either. But the other four main theme parks, we did all of them. Don't feel bad. My daughter's 14 years. She's only been to the water parks once there. 
Oh, that wow. was this, this last trip. So that makes uh, it a we, we had to make, make a point. Um, so what was your, what would you say your favorite park of the Disney World parks is? I mean, I feel like I always have to say, you know, the classic Magic Kingdom, because to me, that is Disney. But I'm going to be a bit more adventurous here because, you know, plenty of new parks for me to try. And um, so out of the new parks that I did, it has to be Epcot. Yay. Epcot is good. I, as an adult, I definitely appreciate Epcot more. Yeah, um, Epcot. I, I loved Epcot. I loved the, the World Show, especially the World Showcase, but I wasn't too bothered about the rest of it. But the World Showcase was amazing. You know, so many options for food and drink. And just we went there on the Sunday and it felt like such a Sunday park. Everyone, you know, the vibe was really chilled and relaxed and it kind of felt a bit more adult and grown up. Um, it is. And yeah, I just absolutely loved it. And it's definitely one of those strolling parks. You, you just take it easy, leisurely stroll right through and just take in everything. You should go during food and wine. I would love to go during food and wine. So, another life goal for you. Yes. Yeah. I need a new one. <laughs> <laughs> favorite ride. Oh, favorite ride. So I think out of the new rides, um, Expedition Everest in Animal Kingdom, that one really stands out for me. Um, I also oh, my really park. Pardon? That's my park. Ah, <laughs> yeah, I really, really liked Expedition Everest. I try not to do too much research into um, rides and things that I haven't been on before. So when it kind of goes up and then you go backwards, didn't realize that was going to happen. Um, so yeah, really, really loved that. Um, I really enjoyed the Frozen Ever After in Norway in Epcot. Um, as kind of a dark ride, I thought that was very, very well done. Um, so yeah, they're kind of the two, I would say, that stuck out for me the most. Okay. Now you specified new rides. So what if you don't limit to just new rides, but all rides? Oh, very good question there. Full <laughs> um, curve, sorry. No, no, not at all. It's difficult because there's, I mean, I love, like I love Haunted Mansion, but then I think Phantom Manor in Paris is better. Right. Um, I love Space Mountain, but again, the Paris one is better. Um, so yeah, it is, it's kind of difficult in, in that. So, um, so yeah, you're, you're taking about 20 years off of the, the space mountain or haunt, uh, haunted mansion at that point. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I would say Expedition Everest. I really enjoyed the dinosaur ride as well in Animal Kingdom. That was one that I wasn't expecting to enjoy so much. Um, but yeah, it's kind of difficult to pinpoint one favorite ride, I would say. Yeah. Dinosaur used to be called, I still call Countdown to Extinction. That's what they named it before the release of the dinosaur movie that didn't do quite what they hoped it would. Ah, didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, that's on the side of the, uh, the vehicles. It says CTX and that's what it stands for, the Countdown ah, to Extinction. Okay. I didn't know that either. That's cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, sorry. Completely thinking about rides as well. I have to mention Flight of Passage. Um, how can I not mention that? That ride is incredible. Um, also, Smuggler's Run in Galaxy's Edge. Um, can't believe I haven't mentioned that. Another fantastic ride. Um, yeah. Did you enjoy the Star Wars now? Now that you've seen, you've been exposed to the wonderful world of what is Star Wars. Um, yes. I know you didn't finish the movies yet. No, I didn't. Um, you have plenty of free movie. time now to be working exactly, on exactly, important yeah. things like finishing up Star Wars, catching exactly. the Mandalorian. 
Yeah, so I've got lots of time to, to now do that. Um, we actually started on a, a Marvel adventure yesterday, so we started with Iron Man. We're going to try and work our way through. No all way! The- we did the same thing. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, we, we've seen them all, but um, we're doing... So you, I assume that you're doing it in order of release because you've started with Iron Man. Yeah. We're doing a, an, a little uh, exploration at the moment where we're watching them in chronological order. So you start with Captain America because it's based in World War II, and then you've got uh, Captain Marvel because it's in the 90s and like it's in like date order. But how funny that you did that and we did Yeah, this. I know. Can you believe it? Um, but yes, I would say watching kind of the, you know, original, or not original six, but the first kind of the oldest Star Wars films, um, that definitely helped with my enjoyment of Galaxy's Edge. But I would also say that going to Galaxy's Edge has kind of piqued my interest more into Star Wars because the way that they have created that land is just unbelievable. Like the whole immersive element of it where you've got the stormtroopers walking around and interacting with, you know, um, park goers and if you go into a shop and you ask where something is then they'll pretend not to know I think that that kind of immersive thing is fantastic and it just really kind of drives you into it and yeah it's just you can go into that that land I mean we weren't there for too long and we did Ogre's Cantina we did Smuggler's Run but you could spend half a day I think just exploring that that oh absolutely I I missed it just oh last time I was there I missed it by days going there by days um so I have to, I have a follow-up question that I ask everyone who's done Galaxy's Edge, blue or green milk? Ooh, blue. I th- that's been the common one. I, I, yeah, most people, blue. for whatever reason, I get maybe because of the color, um, don't trust the green milk. It's still not great, but yeah, blue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I've heard that too. Um, favorite experience? Oh, that's a very good... doesn't have to be a ride, doesn't have to be food. It could be, you know, just an experience, character, cast member interaction, walking in and seeing something for the first time. I think I have to say walking in and seeing the castle for the first time, um, because that's when it really hits you, like, this is me achieving my lifelong dream. Um, And I got very emotional at that point. So that is probably, like, the ultimate memory from that trip. Um, but there was lots of others as well. I mean, seeing Fantasmic again, I have it. Actually, I saw that in Tokyo um, a few years ago, and I haven't seen you know again in California for a few years. But I think the one in Florida is leagues above the the rest. I think the fact that it is in that open amphitheater makes so much sense. It really yeah. changes the experience that you're not kind of trying to see between people's heads and shoulders. Um, so for me, that is another one I would say that's pretty high up there. Which is funny because I've heard people say that the Disneyland one is better. At least the previous yeah. version of the Disneyland is better than Disney the World. Disney, the Disneyland one, like the the community say the Disneyland one is better. And it is mm. better. It's a better show. It's got some really cool stuff that Florida does, doesn't have. But I think that like what Tash is saying is like the experience is better okay. in Florida because you can just relax and enjoy it right because obviously again just as walt said himself in florida they have the benefit of space exactly um and size so they were able to build that i remember when they were building that theater oh my gosh yeah um, that could be by surprise actually in california because i'm used to so kind of the opposite experience of what tash has had i'm used to phantasmic being in a theater mm. and I like we we did 
luckily do some research. So I knew what we were getting ourselves into. So we did a dining package, which meant that we had the VIP seating because otherwise you're basically just in a mosh pit in the middle of frontier land. And it's like survival of the fittest. If you get there three hours early, great. You can see if you don't, then you won't be able to see. And that's not how I wanted to enjoy that show. No, no. You being able to sit down on a seat and just really kick back and relax and enjoy it. Um, really just lets you let go and get in sucked into the emotions and the the story and just the um the beauty of the the phantasmic experience definitely least favorite experience oh good question least favorite experience um I don't think there was anything that I didn't particularly enjoy I mean there were a couple of things that I kind of had on my list of must-dos because they're specific to um, Walt Disney World, but I didn't think I'd particularly enjoy them. Um, one was the Carousel of Progress. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of die-hard Disney fans that are going to absolutely hate me for that. Um, <laughs> but hey, it was a good. Was the hand didn't fall off like it did with that one person? That's yeah. No, it didn't. You're doing all right. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that again, I, I still kind of enjoyed it for what it was, but it was just a bit like, okay, this is dragging on a bit now. I feel like I could have a nap in here. Um, so yeah, I would, I would probably say that. I mean. If I'm getting specific, um, trying to think about other things that I didn't particularly enjoy, um, I would say in Animal, I loved Animal Kingdom. Again, I think that's a fantastic park. Um, loved the safari. I thought that was great, but I didn't really like seeing the gorillas um, behind glass. When we were there, it was very busy and they were just mm. kind of all lying there. And it just, I don't know, like people, like a couple of people like banged on the glass and that kind of. Oh, they should have gone and yelled at for that. So, yeah. So a cast member did tell them to stop, which was good. But um, I don't know. I have a thing about seeing gorillas in kind of zoos or in captivity. So that kind of was a bit um, unnerving for me more. But yeah, apart from that, I think the safari in general was very, very well done. The way uh, they those you and I could speak for hours on that because that was the one of the two attractions I used to work at. Oh, really? Mm. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, um, yeah, I, I used to work on that one a, a lot. And uh, between that and the Flights of Wonder show, the original variation of that, because I was there when the park opened. Um, so, yeah, I, I know a lot about that, probably too much about um Gorilla Falls or Pangini, um, I think they switched it back to Gorilla Falls finally. Yeah. And uh, it's um, uh, the the stories that I used to get from guests about, oh, well, these things are going to jump across at you and maul your face. No, they're not. <laughs> you need to stop watching TV and look. Are these things look like they're jumping out at anybody? I mean, yeah. they're, they're just lo loafing around, walking around, enjoying life. Um, though there was one cast member that I used to work with one of the, cause they have the one side is the bachelors and the other side is the family group. Well, one of the bachelors used to like to throw poop at this one particular female cast member. At the, nice. The bridge. <laughs> yep. And he had quite the aim. Um, I don't, I'm trying to remember if he ever got her. I think he did, but, uh, yeah, that, yeah, I spent a lot of hours watching those gorillas. Um, the naked mole rats was actually one of my favorite parts on that attraction. Wow. Um, where I, I used to get going in the, uh, the birds. Anyway. Yes. No. Yes. Uh, that attraction we, we can talk, uh, in nauseum probably about later on. Um, 
So did the Walt Disney World live up to your expectations? It did, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's still, as Mercedes kind of mentioned, I still don't know if I can put it above California, but I can I can admit it's a better park, I think. Um, it is more up-to-date, it is more modern. But for me, California has the memories and the sentiment. It is the park that I used to go to with my family a lot when I was younger. So for that reason, I don't know if I can ever say it's better than California. I feel like I need to go to California again very soon to be able to give a true comparison. Well, there you go. Another excuse. I mean, as my, my friend Matt and I would say, you know, it's like, say the Toy Story movies. You can't say the original Toy Story is held in a separate kind of tower because yes, some of the other stories may be better. The animation may be better, but it's the original. If it wasn't for that, you wouldn't have any of the other stuff. So how can you say anything is better than the original? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, point. you know, it's kind of like, well, um, we did a, you know, top five Muppets not named Kermit because how can you say, you know, Kermit is the original, he is the epitome of what a Muppet character is. And then there's everybody else. So you, you know, it's not fair to compare, you know, Kermit would automatically be the best Muppet because he's the, you know, original Muppet it's you can't really say you know so you need to kind of remove them from the equation um, and then compare everybody else so I guess in that you know extent definitely yeah I think that makes a lot of sense what what you're saying you know California is it's you know it is the original we have so much to thank to that park and you know would florida be there if it wasn't for for california and etc cetera, etc cetera. so yeah i think what you say you completely agree with it right when walt passed away he had to create they they had to create disney world in disneyland's image i know the hour is getting late for you ladies so i will thank you very much again so much for coming on my show um and sharing your stories of paris and disney world and uh stay safe keep practicing your social distancing um and please tell us where we can find you absolutely so you can listen to chat disney every week you can find us on twitter at chat disney or on our instagram at chat disney as well that's because our twitter's at chat disney uk my bad um you can also find all of our podcast episodes on www.chatdisney.co.uk and they've been doing some fantastic stuff with episodes recently, um, keeping spirits alive, though. The one I just finished listening to, I did need to keep my tissue box next to me. Uh, <laughs> saddest moments. Um, I, I'm surprised it took only one of you picked up, but um, the Toy Story 3 also was uh, particularly heart-wrenching. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I was agreeing with you all on most of those. So, uh, yeah, no, fantastic stuff. Be sure to listen. Uh, be sure to follow them. And, um, again, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much thank for you. having it's us. Been a, a lot of fun. Again, I want to thank Tosh and Mercedes from the Chat Disney podcast for joining me this week. What are some of your favorite park memories, Disney memories? Let us know. 
Join the conversation on Facebook, facebook.com slash Disney Marvel's podcast, or our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Disney Marvel's podcast. You can also join the conversation in on Twitter at Disney Marvel's, or email the show with your suggestions or answers to DisneyMarvels at gmail.com. You can also leave a voice message through the Anchor app and website as well. Links are in the show notes. I also want to thank you for your time. I know how little. In some ways we have more time. A lot of ways we have less time. Nowadays, we're stuck at home, but we don't have any more time. It's amazing. Um, but how little time we all have. It doesn't matter if we're, we're still at work, you know, driving to work, at home at work, whatever the case may be. The fact that you're able to spend time with me and listen to the show means a lot to me. I, I really appreciate it. Um, it, it. It keeps me going in these times. And uh, thank you for listening. Um, I know you don't have a lot of time. And... If I could just ask one more thing of your time and just let other people know about the show. Um, email, post it on social, whatever you you can do. Uh, just let them know about the, the show. and um, Or leave a comment. Um, leave a review. Reviews are wonderful. They always help. I, we just got one from C.M. Brooks. It says, great guy, great podcast. I could listen to him to talk for hours. Oh, wait, I did. Keep it up. Thanks, Chris. Uh, I definitely plan on keeping it up, and um, thank you for the kind words. So, yeah, the, the uh, reviews go a long way. So go into iTunes, leave a review. No, just tell people about the show. The more we have in our family, the, the better it is. And don't forget, you can also become a premium subscriber to the show, and it really helps keep the show on, keeps the lights on. Um, helps us bring the, the movie reviews. You can do this over uh, two places. You can do this over at Anchor. Anchor.fm slash Disney Marvels slash support. Or you can find our Patreon page. The links are in the show notes. And also just don't forget, subscribe to the show. This way you know when new episodes are come out. Remember, this show is brought to you by listeners like you. Whatever you're facing out there, whatever troubles, toils, stripes in life... And particularly nowadays, it, it, things just seem to be amplified. Don't give up. Don't, don't, don't ever give up. Because the light inside of you is strong. Maybe little, maybe hard to find, but it's there. And embrace it. Embrace the light. Embrace yourself. Be your own hero. Don't expect someone to do it for you. Stand up for you. Because you are worth it. You are worth fighting for. You are worth... You're worth the love from yourself. Don't expect other people to do something for you. Don't expect other people to to pull you along. Sometimes you do. Sometimes it will happen. But you gotta do it for yourself first. And... Don't ever think you're not worth it. Because you truly, truly are. You are loved. You are wonderful. You are special. Don't forget.
like to end this week's show with a quote from Walt Disney. Happiness is a state of mind. It's just according to the ways you look at things. So I think happiness is contentment, but it doesn't mean you have to have wealth. All individuals are different, and some of us just wouldn't be satisfied with just carrying out a routine job and being happy. Walt Disney himself. Thank you again for listening, everyone. And I'll see you next time. Stay safe.